Hey there, this is Sean McMahon. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast and thanks for supporting the ministry by lending your ears, your minds, hearts, all that good stuff. Don't be afraid to share this here message with a friend or a family member, even a stranger. Have at. It's not like it's going to bite. These messages are recorded live at the Community Baptist Church of Gayhead and Aquina on Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, and the good old U.S. of A. If you're ever in town for a visit or suddenly find yourself shipwrecked on the southwest side of our lovely little island, climb up the clay cliffs and come on down to our little old chapel for our weekly 10 a.m. service. No need to wear anything special, just bring your special self. May God bless you. not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as you may have heard, even from my own lips, perhaps once, perhaps twice, perhaps three times already, I spent the last week in New York City with my family um, for, for my daughter's school vacation. Uh, it was my first time spending more than a day there since 2019, since before the pandemic, and it was the longest I've stayed there since I lived there, actually, in the, in the early 2010s. And the experience made me happy and it made me sad. I played a show in Brooklyn, and I can say for sure that the nightlife is back. Uh, but I spent a lot of time out in the daytime with my family, you know, doing daytime stuff. And I was sad to see that there was large stretches of closed storefronts you know, in my old neighborhoods, in the places I used to frequent. So COVID wasn't very kind to the city, and neither was the COVID regime, and I'm still recovering. Uh, I was asked to see my proof of vaccination in most places, which was a novel experience, and I'm personally glad that we didn't go for that experience here in the vineyard. Um, But NYC is going to discontinue that practice this Monday. And when that news came out, a lot of people were excited. It's nice to see that. Um, And a lot of other cities are doing that across the US. So it looks like the masks are coming off in the USA. And it kind of had me wondering, I keep hearing about this freedom convoy heading to DC, like if all this stuff is going away, what are they gonna be protesting about by the time they get there, right? Um, But I mentioned this, uh, again, um, about the COVID measures and all that, because throughout New York City, um, there were all these protests and demonstrations trying to get rid of the COVID uh, regime, the COVID, safety measures, the emergency measures. I have a friend I met up with who, who wasn't vaccinated and he just can't do anything. But luckily he has a girlfriend who is vaccinated so she goes groceries shopping, all this stuff. He couldn't go into any building, it was so strange. God bless him. Um, but as I was walking through Times Square uh, with my daughter, totally mesmerized by all the neon up on my shoulders, we heard that loud, rhythmic, bark-like chant 
of, of a protest looming ahead, getting closer as we walked. And at first I just assumed it was going to be a COVID protest because that's what they've been doing up there. But I, I was surprised, and then not surprised, uh, when I came across what was a fleet of cameras in a circle uh, around a, a group of about 10 people holding blue and yellow flags, right? And they were, they were holding signs to say, I stand with Ukraine, right? And so the world turns, okay? So one war has given way to another war. And as they say in the world of literature and journalism, the narrative has shifted, right? So as you can imagine, I've been trying to follow these events, this war, as closely as I can. You can imagine I wasn't thrilled to be hearing rumors about nuclear war and escalation swirling as I was headed straight into the city, the American city, with my young family in tow. Hey, let's all go right into the biggest city in the United States while well, people are talking about nuclear war. And I, I prayed for peace as we drove in and I looked at the familiar skyline and I saw that, that humble silhouette of the Freedom Tower standing against the negative space where the Twin Towers once stood and were reduced to pillars of salt. I prayed for peace. Our, our Lord Jesus told us that there would be wars and rumors of wars. And we are in the midst of both right now in this season. But he told us more importantly, that his word would last forever. That's how he finished that statement. He said, but my word will last forever. And more than that, he is the word made flesh. That means his body will last forever. And that's the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen? Okay. God built his church to withstand all of these storms in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. That's scripture. That's Ephesians 2, verse 7. Everyone here, you are all living stones of his church, so take heart. That the church militant, our earthly church, our generation here, has been raised by God for such a time as this. He raised us, put us here in this time for a purpose. Let's have fun for a second. I want to summarize a few political issues around this war, a few kerfluffles I've been privy to in the past week alone in New York City, okay? I, I hate politics, so I hope this is just as annoying for you as it is for me as I summarize this. Um, and the reason I want to talk about these types of kerfluffles is because it's a trick I learned from St. Paul, where he outlines the basic absurdities and contradictions of worldly ways and opinions in order to point the way past them to God, okay? But here's a provocative one I heard, okay? Vladimir Putin is only doing in the Ukraine right now what our American government did to them in 2014. How's that one? We're off to a great start with that one. I heard that argument uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday, okay? And here's another one. Why are people applauding the Zelensky regime for arming its citizens with military-grade weapons? These are the same people who don't want Americans to have guns. I heard that one. That one was fun. In Brooklyn in particular, I saw people sharing photos of the Molotov cocktail kits that were being distributed by local breweries in the Ukraine. And people were applauding that to make improvised explosives. These were the same people who condemned the Molotov cocktail attacks in Brooklyn in 2020. 
that happened in my old neighborhood of Bushwick. A, a young lawyer woman attacked the police precinct building with homemade Molotov cocktails. And of course, uh, this one will come up a lot uh, in my community because uh, I'm Jewish. Uh, Israel condemns the invasion of the Ukraine. And of course, all the pro-Palestine folks hate that because they're saying, well, how can you condemn that, that invasion when you're invading Palestine, right? It goes on. All these back and forths, okay? And, and people are looking really inconsistent, right? They're looking inconsistent because there's so many political arguments to get into. And I, I'm not trying to stir the pot uh, or upset anyone with these little nuggets. But again, it's in the spirit of St. Paul. I want to point out the type of kerfluffles you get into when you decide, I'm going to stand with such and such. I'm going to stand with Ukraine. I'm going to stand with Russia, whoever. I'm going to stand with anything in the world or anyone other than Jesus. I've already heard so many opinions from people who actually stand on all sides of this issue. And it could be a fascinating history lesson, to be honest. But again, if you're trying to find the perfect position to defend from these choices, good luck. Because so much of this is not going to make sense. It does not make sense because war is crazy. War is crazy. Its origin is crazy. Its end is crazy. It's insanity. So I'm not expecting that any of you should make sense out of these things so you can pick which side of this war you're on, right? Which side of this war you stand with. That's not what this sermon is about. That's not what we do in church. It's the opposite. I'm hoping and saying all this stuff as a pastor to muddy the waters on that whole process, you know, which side do you stand with? Because I want to remind everyone how dangerous it is to take a stand. It really is dangerous to take a stand morally and mortally. So you really want and need to think about who you really stand with. And I want to remind everyone here that you all have made a choice somewhere in your life that you have embraced one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Amen? Amen. So here I'm reminding you, you stand with Jesus. We stand with Jesus and him alone. Now in Times Square, that protest, that demonstration, that was ultimately a photo op, is what it was. And I'm familiar with how this works because I'm a media man, you know, and I was even part of Occupy Wall Street back when it happened. And of course, I'm a musician. I've been asked tons of times to represent different causes over the years. And I can tell you, it's not just us musicians who are paid to be there, if you catch my drift, okay? I'm very, very cynical and crotchety about how these operations really work behind the scenes, how they're organized, how they're executed, how they're promoted uh, by the media for maximum effect, okay? Tuesday's Times Square protest message was clear. It was conveyed by very good-looking people. It was filmed with a very expensive crew. It will be packaged and distributed for public consumption. Follow me to Western Massachusetts for a second, where I also played a gig uh, last week. Uh, on the main intersection in the town of East Hampton, there was a much less organized demonstration. In fact, it was just an individual. And he was holding up a double-sided, handwritten cardboard sign. And on one sign it said, the Bible degrades women. And on the other it says, the Bible supports slavery. In the town of East Hampton, 
he got a lot of honks and support. He didn't get my honk or my support, but that was his demonstration. That was his demonstration. Well, we are in the midst of a demonstration too, right here in this chapel, right here, right now. Not too different from what I described in Times Square and in East Hampton, just in my opinion, one that's far more sincere and far more worthy, okay? We are currently engaged in one of the longest standing demonstrations, in fact, in all of history, Sunday morning church worship. And what are we demonstrating? That we stand with Jesus. We stand with Jesus. And we proclaim with him the eternal gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Amen? So the world is changing. As it does, it always changes. It's turning. It changes. And we don't know where this conflict is going. But do you really want to do something about it? Do you really want to do something about it? Then here's what you do. You stand with Jesus Christ. You stay consistent with your baptismal vow. Okay? Stand with Jesus. You've chosen him already, above all others, to serve him in his kingdom. And I've heard folks who have left their home countries for the territories of the former Russian Empire to fight in this war that is basically digging up old hatchets, extending back to Red October of 1917. Okay? But what I exhort you to do, however, is rather than leaving your country to fight in a war like that, leave behind all bitterness rage and anger, outcry and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and tenderhearted to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. That's scripture. That's Ephesians chapter 4. Those are our commandments. Don't dig up buried old hatchets in Eurasia to fight that war. Instead, remember, you were buried with Christ in baptism, who also arose, so you arose with him in his resurrection. Why? So that you could fight in Christ's war, actually. So that you could fight in Christ's war. Not a war of the world, but a war of the spirit. Put on the full armor of God so that you can make your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, right? But against rulers, against authorities, against the power of this world's darkness and against spiritual forces evil in the heavenly realms. What does that mean? Well, he tells us our weapons are love, truth, goodness, forgiveness, mercy. The church's purpose now is to minister healing to the nations. I've got to get into that fight. Our purpose is to minister healing to the nations and to be peacemakers. So personally, I'm not here to judge. I mean, we all have feelings, we all have opinions. You might want to side with Ukraine. You might want to side with Russia. That's the way of the world. But the way of Jesus is this. Regardless of who your friend is, you still have to pray for your enemy. Amen? You have to. So above all, pray for peace. Pray for peace. And I want to strengthen you guys, my friends, and strengthen each other because the world is going to tell you that's futile and that it's vain. Well, what do they say? Prayers and prayers and best wishes or something. People always mock that. The world will try to tell you that praying for peace is futile and vain. They just tell you that so they can drag you into their conflict, right? They just want you to pick sides and fight. That is the way of the world. Try to ignore that. Try to ignore that. Pray for peace because prayer does move mountains. That is the truth. Straight from the Lord's mouth. 
that's what the Lord has called you to. This ancient, long-standing demonstration that we're a part of today, the church, it has a glorious history of this ministry in hours such as this. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who have prayed for peace over the years and moved those mountains. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with endurance, endurance the race that's set out for us. Let's not be entangled by the sin of partiality. The Bible calls that a sin. Choosing to stand with one nation or another because God has made us to be a house of prayer for which nations? All, all nations. Choose to stand with Jesus. Okay? And I'd be remiss not to repeat our Lord's friendly warning on this subject where he says, whoever is not with me, whoever is not with me, is against me and whoever does not gather would mean scatter so we got to beware lest we stand with any other okay stand with jesus stand on his promises every good deed will be rewarded have faith every evil deed will be punished okay in this life or the next god will deal with evils done and more he will nothing that is done in darkness or remain hidden take comfort in that too because the wars of this season, we know, right? They're, they're waged not with just the obvious weapons of hot war, right? We have hidden weapons that harm by the power of confusion. All this darkness will be exposed to the light. Have faith. Okay? In the hour of darkness, have no fear. The prophet Micah said, Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. And that's our attitude too, okay? War is a terror. It's a terror. But take heart. Don't be afraid. Jesus said this for all seasons. In times such as these, by the way, we can take comfort in the words of the psalmist. We can take comfort in these words where he says, Our Lord is a man of war. Okay? The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sink into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed to pieces the enemy. These words which remind us, the Lord can be trusted to judge righteously in war. And he will always ultimately come to the aid of those who call upon him. Okay? We can take comfort in those words, but even more than this, we must take more than comfort. We should take heed to the testimony of our Lord's beloved disciple, God is love. John said that, God is love. Because we're ministers of God, okay? And therefore, we must be ministers of his love, amen? amen. This above all is the most important thing, okay? Even though God's providence embraces war and peace, and he can be trusted to judge righteously in war and peace. Nonetheless, he's charged us with only one of these two. Not war, but peace. He's charged us not with war, but with peace. He's charged us not with partiality, but love. Amen? So stand with Jesus. Stand with Jesus. He stands with us. And more than that, he died for us and he lives again for our sake. Second Corinthians says, he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised again. So exhort others to do the same 
and comfort one another with these words in this time. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sean McMahon Podcast. Visit SeanSellickMcMahon.com for more information about his ministry. For more about Sean's music, please visit WorkmanSong.com.